Good morning and welcome to the Red and Ed Show, where it's always morning even in the afternoon. I am your host, Jay Edgar, and in the continued absence of my wonderful co-host, Elaine, we are joined this week by the wonderful Jessica Green, who is also the first person other than me who's ever said, and this is contemporary. Welcome back (laughs) to the show, Jessica. Hi, um, you're also the very first person to ever have me on a podcast before. And now uh-huh. I have my own podcast, so you're like the father of my podcast, basically. Oh, wow. That's, uh, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. It'll depend on yeah. the people that you troll on Twitch, or on, on Twitter, yeah. not Twitch, rather, how, Twitch, how they feel about it. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I just, I can't get into my Twitch right now for some reason, but I just signed up for a DLive last night. So I'm Jessica the Green on DLive. If you guys want to come follow me, and I'll figure out lemons. And give you lemons. <laughs> well, you, you got to wait for them to, to give you lemons before you can give them back. Oh, but other than that, that, yes. Is that how it works? I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. Lemons are um, your default currency. They are generated okay. um, in a fact. It's basically it's a cryptocurrency, but it's mined by when people chat in your chat. So you do automatically get some lemons in there as people chat in your live chat. But yes, um, yeah, that, that's how they do that otherwise fascinating yeah it's it's a fascinating okay. system it's yeah. just they got as censorious as youtube for a while and uh i don't completely trust them anymore plus i'm making money on twitch yeah. at this point so okay excellent well hello I've twitch tr- I, i've been trying to, to hurt people over that one a little bit more as uh, as we go along so it's always a good one i think i'm just gonna have to start a completely new um twitch account because they just won't let me into my old one for some reason i don't know who i pissed off but they don't want me <laughs> you can hit them with a shovel yeah that'll work that's how i fixed my headphones earlier. <laughs> i know i was a little bit afraid we were we were having a little bit of headphone issue before i'm like are, are we going to be on time even though i work with elaine joan and on time is a relative thing sometimes <laughs> yeah she's but on we... she's on redhead time you just gotta <laughs> adjust to that um, well, we, we do have a bunch of stuff to get to today. Have you have you looked over the document at all? Have you seen some of the mess that we've seen going on over the week this week? Yeah, a little bit. I knew about some of these stories already, like the Elaine Chow thing I knew about and yeah. some other stuff. Um, you sent me like 80 links, though, so I definitely <laughs> didn't read them all. I'm not very good at doing my homework. You can ask my teachers. <laughs> we'll do that. Um, the eviction moratorium went away for a half a second, and then it came back all of a sudden. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on there, what this could mean for the future, and some of the things they could have been trying to do with bringing this, uh, that back here. The infrastructure bill could be voted on as early as this week, so we could Ooh. see what could be coming out of this. We're going to look at a couple of things that have cropped up as people have started to look through the infrastructure bill, and what this could mean for the upcoming human infrastructure bill that could come with this. Barack Obama turned 60 this week, and he had a massive, massive birthday party that got, on paper, scaled down into a a small birthday party. But, you know, photos don't lie, and they got leaked, so we'll talk just a bit about what was going on there. The Delta variant is in full uh, spring once again. We've seen breakthrough cases left and right, including in members of Congress. Plus, de Blasio has announced that he's having a vaccine passport. The people of Sydney, uh, Queensland rather, Australia, have decided that they don't want to be under lockdown anymore. 
Uh, the mainstream media had to talk about Lollapalooza and Sturgis, and some new variants have been announced. So we'll talk just a bit about what could be happening in Ooh. the coronavirus world coming up here. Andy Cuomo is facing down uh, some pretty serious allegations that at this point the AG's report has concluded. So we'll talk a little bit about what's happening there. And if we uh, get a chance to, even though we do have a lot here, um, I do want to touch a little bit on the McCloskey saga because that also came out into full swing and Cori Bush got the worst of it here, both on the media and her own stupidity. So we'll talk just a bit about that. Plus, I got a two for a surprise stupidity for you today. A doubler. Ooh, a double header. Yeah. Hit me. No, no, those, those will be at the end. So oh, okay, okay. You, you got to wait to cringe for that one. <laughs> But it is going to be all this and more over on the Red and Ed Show. Thank you for checking us out live on the aforementioned Twitch and also YouTube, DLive, uh, Periscope, and my Facebook. No, we're not on Periscope anymore. Trovo on Facebook. So you can go check us out on any of those platforms there. They're all linked in the YouTube description. If you prefer one platform or another, go and check us out on any of those platforms. Or you can uh, go check us out back on demand on YouTube and over on BitChute.com. We're also available on those platforms and... Of course, you can go check us out over on Twitter. That is at Ed's Block Twitter, or the one in place of the eye, or at Soup Canarchist for my wonderful guest co-host this week. So you can go check us out in any of those places. And also make sure you go check out the programs that we have in our upcoming project coming up in the fall. That is The Porch Boys, The Daily Ignoramus, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Freckles and Brit Show, and The R-Rated Conservative. You can go check out all of those as well. Great programs, great friends of the show, and they're always there to lend a hand, as well as my friend Jessica here, who's not going to be on the network right away, but we're, we're working on stuff. So we'll go figure that <laughs> out as well. And you you lost your producer, looks like. I saw producer oh, Pepe sitting in the background. Oh, she's on she's that side. down there, now. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I showed you off camera, because you can't see in the, in the display camera, but uh, everyone else can see it. But uh, because of your Twitter name, Producer Pepe got a, uh, a little prop here, and he's got a soup can. Oh, how nice. That's a uh, lovely tribute. <laughs> it is. So before we get into this, I want to just take a second and let you uh, shout your stuff here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what projects you have going on. Yeah, so I have a weekly podcast with my partner in crime, Cam Harless. It's called uh, The Mad Ones. You can find us on YouTube, Rockfin, and Odyssey. It's basically good. Just basically type into the search bar, either the Mad Ones or We Are the Mad Ones, and you'll usually find us. And we, uh, you know, interview obscure, strange, interesting, non-politically related people for the most part. So if you're uh, interested in taking a little break from the normalcy and the nerds, come join us and have some fun. Um, we have a really interesting guest this week. We're interviewing a guy who actually... Um, uses his tattoo business to cover up tattoos from women who have escaped sex trafficking. Oh. So yeah, that's going to be really interesting to talk to him because he does something that's really awesome. And um, other stuff that we have coming up is just like, I can't wait for October. We have the spookiest October coming and I'm so excited about it. Um, also, we are doing the 100 Nights of Horror Challenge right now which is a group on facebook so if you guys are interested in horror movies we watch 100 horror movies from july to uh halloween night and um that's just kind of like a group thing you can jump in at any time watch as many horror movies as you can the record is 58 no one's actually like completed the challenge so you have time if you want to join the challenge today to uh still beat the record so come join 100 nights of horror have, how, how far did you get last time by the way 
Oh, I'm bad at it. I got <laughs> personally, I got like 39 and I think Cam did Cam is the one who did the most and he did 58, I think. So I, I remember you were doing that last year too. So mm-hmm. yeah, we put out a list. You don't have to do our list. You can do alternatives and you'll see other members in the group. They don't want to watch the movies that we picked. So they <laughs> pick their own things. Um, and yeah, you just, just try to see how many horror movies you can fit in between now and Halloween. Um, the challenge is difficult, not because it's like hard to watch a movie every day, but it's hard to watch people getting maimed and murdered and like <laughs> their blood splashed all over the place every single night. And then, um, Cam told me last time, he's like, it's not so much that as it's just hard to watch that many bad movies in a row. So, you know, if you think you have the stomach for a bunch of cheesy horror movies, then bring it on, sucker. It would be interesting if I actually took the challenge and got all the way through, because that would mean that I would have officially seen 20 times the movies that I had seen previously. Because as most people know, I've only ever seen five movies in my life. You're one of those weird people who, like, doesn't get any of the cultural references (laughs) because you just haven't seen the movie. It's so infuriating. I'm trying. I actually watched (laughs) a movie this past week that I've never seen before. Okay, which one? Uh, I watched the um, the non Topher Grace Venom. Oh, okay. You went for a superhero movie, huh? All the length, the length and breadth of cinema, and you picked a Spider Man movie. (laughs) No, Spider Man wasn't in that one. Okay. It was the Tom Hardy one. Okay, so it's but that's a Spider Man character, right? Yes, that that he did spin off from the Spider Man universe, but yeah, no, this wasn't. This one didn't involve Spider Man. I'm just it not, was, I mean. Mm, I, I thought it was a seven or an eight, really. Okay. I, I'm just not that into superhero movies. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I like the nerd stuff, but it's overdone at this point. Like, I'm just done. Make some. Make another movie, you guys. I'm tired <laughs> of seeing people shoot lightning out of their fingertips. I just hate it. Come up with a creative story that involves human people, please. All right, Uh, we got to get into some of the news here for the day. Um, Actually, I've got to start with uh, some video for you here because we have some good news. You know that mark that they say where where we want to uh, get 80% of the people vaccinated in this country? Well, we shot past that in a big, big way. Let's have our president (laughs) announce that to us. Of the unvaccinated. So we have to get more people vaccinated. I said, well over, what's the number again? I remind myself, 350 million Americans have already been vaccinated. They're doing fine. I'm pleased to report the past week we've seen. It's an interesting (laughs) feat because there are only 328 million people in this country. That's more people than we have. I mean, (laughs) I also think it's worth pointing out that he's wearing a tan suit. (laughs) as we know, was the biggest scandal of Obama's presidency. So I was very personally offended by the tan suit more than his erroneous claims that we've vaccinated more Americans than exist. (laughs) But, you know, Democrats, they like to involve the dead in their numbers. So maybe he's counting dead people. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing. Maybe we can go back to that, to an old episode of The Mad Ones and find the mortician and ask him if he knows anything about that. Oh, yeah. We had it was a lady mortician, actually. She. I'm sorry. Yeah. She was super cute, too. She was like adorable. And I was like, this just doesn't match. (laughs) You expect like a um, like a person who's involved in death to be like kind of a ghoul. 
and she was this gorgeous girl. And I was like, does it compute? Um, but no, she was lovely. Yeah. Y'all should check out that episode. She was a, um, uh, she's the curator of burials and beyond. And we talked all about like death culture and things like that. It was really interesting. So. All right. Um, reading from Reuters. Fact check, D.C. officer Michael Fanone was not pictured carrying a Confederate flag at the Capitol siege. Mm -hmm. uh, social media users are claiming that D.C. police officer Michael Fanone was photographed carrying a Confederate flag inside the U.S. Capitol during the January 6, 2021 storming of the building. The man in the photo was someone else. Um, we looked at some photos on a contemporary of this. Uh, it did look like a lot of them were blocked back out. Um, but I did look at uh, some of this up here. Now, according to this, uh, this man was laying down prone, beaten down, and he could hear the supporters yelling, kill him with his own gun. No. However, I've never heard video of this. And I mean, all of the Capitol Police officers were body cams. So this could be dispelled really easily. If people are saying this is a myth. They could come out and have some concrete proof pretty fucking quickly. And yet here we sit. It seems like a really awkward thing to shout to kill him with his own gun. Yeah. Like it remi it reminds me of that thing. Never mind. I don't want to get your channel in trouble, but um yeah, it reminds me of other things that people have said that people said to them and you're like I can never imagine a human being actually saying that. It just it doesn't seem like something someone would shout. I could kill him, get him, get his gun. All that makes sense, but kill him with his own gun. I don't know. I feel like you made that up. Yeah, I feel like they made up a lot of stuff. <laughs> and there's a picture of uh, Kevin Seafried, who is apparently supposed to be the guy who was actually carrying the Confederate flag. And I know I had a picture of Fanon in here somewhere, too. And Fanon here. So, yeah. I mean, they look similar in face, so... How are you supposed to tell one white man from another? I mean... Yeah, seriously. Y'all just look the same. Y'all got the beard and the eyebrows. It's all the same. I don't know how you tell. Uh, Mrs. Mitch McConnell got herself into the news this week as Twitter erupted, of course. Uh, reading from the Courier Journal, Kroger named Elaine Chow to its board and Twitter's not happy about it. The Kroger Company added former U.S. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao, who served under ex-President Trump, to its board of directors this week and got a lot of flack for it on Twitter, where some called for a boycott. Chao's name trended nationally on the site Wednesday, along with the hashtag Boycott Kroger, thanks to a stream of tweets about her appointment to the Mammoth Supermarkets board. I really don't think... I'm sorry, I really don't have a lot of choices in my area to buy groceries, but now that they've added Elaine Chow to the board of directors, I'm willing to drive miles out of my way to buy them elsewhere. Hashtag boycott Kroger, <laughs> one user tweeted. Another yeah. posted, Kroger, if Elaine Chow is in, I'm out for good. Yeah, I'm sure. Just like y'all don't buy Chick-fil-A anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the Lord's chicken. <laughs> that is the Lord's chicken, and it's too good to resist. No, I mean, like, people say they're going to boycott things, but convenience rules you know what i'm saying like i bet that person's already been to kroger and also stop the asian hate why y'all hate <laughs> elaine chow is it because of her nationality no mm. i think it's because she sucks off mitch mcconnell well that's a good reason to hate anybody i can't <laughs> I, can't, I can't fault them for that <laughs> i mean not on any political grounds but just ew <laughs> like, 
Well, she's I mean, pretty that, though. She could do better than that. that. That's been one of the things that's you know it's been crazy about because I mean I've seen the boycott Publix thing and one of the people that was in the tweet because I actually went through the uh, the trend when it was going on. One of the people in the in the trend said, "I, I can't go to a Kroger anymore because they would hire Elaine Chow." I'm glad there's a Publix in my area. And I'm like, weren't you guys just boycotting Publix because they're heiress? Donate a big chunk of money to Trump. There is no consistency. They don't really care about like the principles of the things that they're saying. They care about like signaling the virtues and being seen to be, oh, I'm against this. I'm against that. You're against nothing. You're, you're, you're telling your friends that you don't go to Kroger. You're telling your friends you don't go to Chick-fil-A, go to Publix, whatever. You're not starving to death. So you're obviously going to these places. I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. You know, talk shit, get over it. Uh, I mean, if, you, if you dug into any of the people who run any of these companies, you would find something to hate about all of them. So, you know, live your life. That's oh, all. yeah. And I mean, I, I've said that long ago, too, because there are there are a few companies I won't spend money with. And it's mainly because they've come out and they've worn their politics on their sleeve. And I don't really care what their politics were. I can do yeah. Chick-fil-A because somebody had to go digging for their politics. They didn't come out and advertise it. But like Target, we will make sure that 15% of our uh, product is made from Black-owned companies. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> I, I, you don't need my money. You're clearly getting That's it from elsewhere, so go ahead. Um, Walmart, we won't sell 5.56 ammo because it goes into assault rifles. Cool, I don't shop at Walmart. And then it seems oh, like every three months, Burger King comes out with another advertisement that's super fucking woke or stupid. Look, I mean, some places, if the business is good, like Chick-fil-A, for example, like Chick-fil-A could be like, we don't serve women here. And I would just send my husband because <laughs> the food's good as it, you know, like, so um, I don't really know what to say. If they're offering you a good service, I don't really care what they're doing with their money and their off time. I just don't. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are Asian, uh, after being silent for decades, Japan now speaks up about Taiwan and angers China. So Japan is undergoing a, a remarkable shift in its stance on one of the most contentious issues in Asia, Taiwan. Mainland China and Taiwan split during the Civil War in 1949, and Beijing has vowed to unify with the self-governing island. By force, if necessary, the Biden admin is counting on help from its allies, especially Japan, to deter such a move. Mm. For decades, Japan considered the Taiwan issue too politically sensitive to speak out about publicly. Japan's military is focused on defense of its own territory and has no expeditionary forces to fight overseas. But in recent weeks, and everything after the but, or everything before the but, just kind of doesn't matter anymore. Chop Japanese officials have said that if mainland China attacks the island, Japan should join the U.S. in defending it. Oh, man, that's there's so much to unpack there. So, mm -hmm. like, the reason that Japan only has defensive forces is there's a reason for that. That goes back to World War II. Like, they weren't allowed because of all kinds of treaties and all sorts of things to have an aggressive military force. So I guess that's changed now that they're showing aggressiveness toward China. And also that whole China Japanese history is messy. Like, yeah, I don't know how in the middle of that I would want to get, but yeah, I can understand China having some pissed off feelings about Japan still. So maybe Google that history, guys, if you don't know about it. If you're looking for a terrible black pill, 
<laughs> well, I mean, not only that, but looking at uh, Japan and China and Taiwan and China especially, because from everything that I've learned over the past few weeks, ever since it was first suggested to me, Taiwan is the actual government of China, and then the China mainland are the rebels, so. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard it put like that before. I'll, I'll need to look at, I, I don't know as much about the dynamics between Taiwan and China. I just know, I, I know more about like the um, World War II history between China and Japan. And I know Chinese people who work over here, they're still super like culturally, they're still super bitter about it. <laughs> so there's bad blood there. There's like, they're just maybe looking for a reason to to not like each other. There, there are more reasons not to like each other than there are to work to peace, which is a little bit frightening. But <laughs> so you, you can go out and get your uh, general so shrimp and a side dish of Japanese hatred, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a uh, it's a real thing. Uh, let's talk Nina Turner for a second. Uh, reading from Fox News, Nina Turner oh, slammed nice. for claiming she didn't lose this race. Evil money manipulated the election. Uh, Nina Turner is facing blowback from both sides of the political aisle after she blamed her special election primary loss on Tuesday in Ohio to evil money. Turner, a progressive former Ohio state lawmaker who co-chaired the 2020 presidential run of Senator Bernie Sanders, lost her bid for the Democratic nomination to Cuyahoga County Councilwoman Chantel Brown in the race to fill Marsha Fudge's old seat representing Ohio's 11th Congressional District. During her concession speech Tuesday night, Turner characterized the election as one manipulated by evil money. She quotes, I am going to work hard to ensure that something like this never happens to a progressive candidate again. See, we didn't lose this race. Evil money manipulated and maligned this election, <laughs> she said, according to a video posted by Newsweek. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for Nina Turner, of all people, to say that evil money got in her way. Oh, they had more evil money than you did? Is that <laughs> what the problem is? Oh, my God. And what are you going to do to ensure this never happens to a progressive candidate again? Rig it? I don't know. Y'all seem to have that fucking, sorry, y'all seem to have that tendency <laughs> to do to do that to elections. But um, no, I'm sorry. If, if they had evil money, they just had a little bit more evil money than you did. So I'm sorry, Nina Turner. No, no, well, sweetheart. She, she got it from both sides because uh, when she started saying evil money, you know, a lot of people started to say, is she talking about shekels? Is she talking about, um, you know, <laughs> th that kind of money? The small head conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't pick up on that angle yeah, of it, it was, but yeah. Oof. It, it was good. later on it was later on in the article. Uh, it says according to Jewish Insider, the Jewish community members in the district who represent a sizable and politically active voting bloc were particularly energized by Brown's candidacy and have launched an aggressive canvassing campaign on her behalf. So, yeah, liberal and conservative critics on social media call Turner's evil money comments anti-Semitic. So, but it kind of seems like they heard the words evil money and said, is she talking about us? <laughs> like they associated evil money with them, not Nina. I don't know. I'm going to defend Nina on this one. It seems like y'all found a shoe, <laughs> put it on and it fit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well. I guess she, I guess she's got a couple years to decide and go see if she wants to run again. Um, Eric Garcetti got in the news this week because he signed an ordinance to restrict homeless encampments, and then he got his home vandalized. Uh, reading from CBS2 KCAL9, 
Protesters descended on the mayoral residence Thursday night, leaving behind trash and graffiti just hours after Garcetti signed an ordinance restricting homeless encampments in Los Angeles. A crowd of about 50 people began protesting at the residence about 7.30 p.m. Thursday. According to the LAPD, the protests started peacefully but ended with dozens of officers responding in riot gear, dispersing the crowd. Uh, looks like they toilet papered the house, they did graffiti, uh, talking about the, the homeless uh, problem. Uh, five unhoused people a day die in Garcetti's L.A. and your sweeps are violent, we will not be silent. Um... A lot of the same kind of chants that we usually see off of this kind of thing. But, uh, I, I mean, I found it funny. What did you think? I just, I, I, I think it's really messed up for you to create the situation that, you know, causes there to be so many homeless people. And then you sign some bill saying, oh, no, no, and just clear them out. <laughs> like, you're, that's kind of like papering over the issue that you caused in the first place. And also, like, the individual homeless person who was incentivized to come to that place is like taking the fall for your bad decision making. So I don't know. It seems like these people know how to treat the civil authorities in this case. Good to see. Uh, I have one that I thought was interesting because, of course, they ran out and tried to do the but think of the children argument off of this one. Uh, from Ars Technica, Apple explains how iPhones will scan photos for child sexual abuse images. Shortly after reports today that Apple will start scanning iPhones for child abuse images, the company oh. confirmed its plan and provide details in a news release and technical summary. Apple's method of detecting known CSAM is designed with user privacy in mind. Apple's announcement said instead of scanning, uh, scanning images in the cloud, the system performs on-device matching using a database of known CSAM image hashes provided by the NCMEC. And other child safety organizations, Apple further transforms this database into an unreadable set of hashes that is securely stored on users' devices. Apple's yeah. been accused, of course, of building infrastructure for surveillance. Which, yeah, they're absolutely doing that. And furthermore, like, these algorithms are so imperfect. I mean, if there are anything like the algorithms we experience in social media, I posted a picture of my garden where I had lettuces. And I mm -hmm. had the post removed for um, like drug related content. So it basically saw a picture of arugula and was like, this is drugs and removed it. So like, how long is it before? Like, I don't know, someone who's a, a girl who's taking a selfie with a low cut shirt or, you know, God forbid, a dick pic um, gets flagged as, you know, content as, as this forbidden kind of content. Don't get me wrong. I'm not supporting the content. I'm just saying that the algorithms are not perfect. And you're going to get a lot of people who are probably innocent swept up in this like moniker of violator of child porn content. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really loath to have computers doing so much of this stuff. And it seems like it's just getting more and more that, you know, who you are and your crimes are determined by a computer algorithm. Like that's well, a little bit scary. And I'm bothered, too, by the fact that Apple feels the need to go in and, like, analyze everything that's in your phone at this point. And we're totally not going to look at anything else off of this, uh, except for, you know, we get to this point of, oh, well, you might be talking against the government at this point. And, oh, hey, right. um, you know, uh, we, we can't let this stand here because this is happening on one of our devices. Oops, sorry, we didn't mean to see that, but uh, now the FBI knows... 
What did you see that meme going around where it was like a grandmother texting her grandson? I had the COVID vaccine and now I'm having chest pains. Do you think I should go to the ER? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't send the text because it's like, this is forbidden content. You're talking negatively about the vaccine, so on and so forth. Now, it's just a meme. It's just like a scenario that someone created that didn't really happen as far as I know. But it kind of um, points out when you're allowing personal communications, like one-to-one personal communications being monitored by these companies, like how, how long is it before you know something like that does occur? And it's yeah. not even like the intent of the program, but you know, can't have, can't have anybody say anything negative. Can't have anybody say anything forbidden. I mean, how mm-hmm. far are we from this social credit system that China has? Not far, not far. I, I think we might be there already. Yeah. Uh, just a few more here. Mexico sues U.S. gun manufacturers over arms trafficking toll. This comes to us from the Dissociated Press. The Mexican government sued U.S. gun manufacturers and distributors Wednesday in U.S. federal court, arguing that their negligent and illegal commercial practices have unleashed tremendous bloodshed in Mexico. Wow. Wow. Y'all could have sued the whole ass government over the drug war, (laughs) but you decided to go after gun manufacturers because you know, like, the U.S. government's going to support that because they want to take guns out of people's hands, restrict the sale of guns. And so they're using this as a backdoor way to do that. Mm-hmm. But if Mexico was really concerned with stemming the tide of violence in their country, they would be going after the U.S.'s drug war. That's that's the source, fellas. I know the, I know the Mexican... Or the drug wars in their own country. Wait, I mean, but they're connected. They're, yeah. they're connected to the... They would not have the power that they did these cartels would not have been elevated the way they were if it weren't for the illegality of the drugs in the U.S. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't think everybody should be running around on heroin or anything like that. But like the way that the U.S. conducted itself over the last 40 years with the drug war has elevated these Mexican cartels. And so, you know, wow, fellas. Wow. Oh, that's clever. I, that's a big brain move on the part of the, uh, the U.S. government. They're shooting high, too. They're going after the the brands they're going after are Smith and Wesson, Barrett, Beretta, Colt, and Glock. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. But I mean, like, okay, so you stop this. Hey, say you pass this this thing. This this lawsuit goes through. You pass a law. The gun sales end today. That wouldn't take the millions and millions of guns out of the hands of the population that already exists. There's nothing you can do about that. That cat is out of the bag. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I were a person, which I am <laughs> listening to this, I might, that might induce me to just buy more guns and buy more ammo. Mm-hmm. And how much, you know, that, that makes me wonder sometimes, like how much of this just drives gun sales? Like, you know, how much are we being influenced to just be like, Oh, I better buy more guns. It could be great for Smith and Wesson, to be honest. Could be. Um, we've got a bombshell here. We, we finally have the evidence, the smoking gun and the arrest that's coming out. They finally found enough evidence to say that Matt Gates had sex with that minor. Oh, wait, no, that's a Democratic lawmaker in Arizona. Oh, what? Uh, from NBC, <laughs> Arizona lawmaker arrested accused of sexual conduct with a minor in 2019. Oh, dear. An Arizona lawmaker was arrested Thursday and booked on suspicion of having sexual contact with a minor in 2019, authorities said. 
Phoenix police investigators only started looking at allegations against State Senator Otonio Tony Navarretti on Wednesday, Sergeant Andrew Williams said in a statement. After detectives interviewed a juvenile victim and witnesses, they had probable cause to arrest the suspect, Otonio Navarrete, according to the police statement. The Phoenix Democrat was booked into jail on Thursday on multiple counts of sexual conduct with a minor and other charges, Williams added. These people really think they can get away with anything. They think they, they and you know what? It's the ones oftentimes that are like pursuing. They're saying, oh, we got to catch these, you know, people having sex with minors. That's the guy. The guy saying mm-hmm. that is the guy who's having sex with minors every time. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't su- that, that doesn't surprise me. The project projection is real. People projected is real. You come on too hard. It's, it's like those the, the Republicans who are like really, really anti-gay. You always find them in a bathhouse like every time or in a hotel room with a boy every time. So it's whoever's shouting it's underage, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that has to do with power, like power and money. You have so many of your needs met so instantaneously that you're like, how far can I push this? Like how taboo can I get? How, how far can I push this? It's like overexposure to having every, you know, pleasure met. And so, yeah, I, I think that like being in these like Washington circles of power is connected to how much like, underage stuff is going on. So, yeah. Uh, From the California Globe, California Secretary of State devises print your own ballot from homes program. Oh, that'll go well. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Has California Secretary of State Shirley Weber invented a print your own ballot from home program just in time for the September 14th recall election of Gavin Newsom? Or has this program been around but not promoted until now? The Globe received a tip from a source about the remote accessible vote-by-mail system. It turns out that this remote accessible vote-by-mail system, which appears to have been created for the November 3rd, 2020 general election, allows voters to mark their selections using their own compatible technology to vote independently and privately in the comfort of their own home. It appears to be a published but not menu-listed page. Are they hiding it on purpose? Yeah, I don't know. Print, print your own ballot, right? Print your own dollar, whatever. We're just printing. We're just printing things now. <laughs> it's fine. The, the the whole entire system is made up of printed fiat everything. So why not the ballots? <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, this could never go wrong coming into the uh, recall election, but... Yes, they're already admitting this also happened in in the 2020 presidential election where nothing bad happened and Joe Biden is the most popular president in U.S. history. Mark my words, guys, it will be a cold day in hell before you see another conservative government in this country. This country will fall before you see another another conservative government. Mark my words. And it won't be because people don't go out and vote for it. People are liberal people I know are already tired of this government. And ready, ready to vote a Republican down ticket, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna do one damn bit of good. So buckle up. Well, speaking of progressives and Democrats in this country, Ocasio Cortez doesn't rule out challenging Schumer. Uh, reading from the Hill, uh, Ocasio Cortez was on with Dana Bash over the weekend, and said that uh, she may or may not challenge Chuck Schumer this coming term. Okay. 
<laughs> what is he like 80 million years old himself? Like he's got to be ready to be close to retirement. That, that handing over of the torch would not happen without everybody's approval. Like that old guard is there and it's established. And if she gets handed anything, it's with their approval. And well, I, I, I also, I got to wonder too, if she thinks that she's going to beat him out and instantly become Senate majority leader or minority leader, depending on which way the Senate goes. And I, I think she's expecting the moon on a stick right away off of it. Well, I mean, how conspiratorial am I allowed to get on this show? <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know. I think Ocasio-Cortez is like a created person. She mm -hmm. just like came out of nowhere. She's, she's, you know, uh, from the barrio apparently, but she's also got an economics degree from an Ivy league school. And she just shows up on the scene. She wins these elections over and over and over again. And then although she pretends to be a person of the people, she toes the line of the establishment every single time. She is a created person. So it would not surprise me if she beat Chuck Schumer because Chuck Schumer is ready to retire, whatever it is. And then they hand off the power to her. She's not she's not a challenger to them. She is them. She's created yeah. by them. You know, so that's my only own little tinfoil hat theory on Ocasio-Cortez. But there's nothing there's nothing like progressive or challenging about her. If there was, she wouldn't be there. Now, she makes good fodder, and I can do the AOC voice like I do on Contemporary all the time. That makes so many people laugh. <laughs> you got to do the eyes, too, like the bug uh, eyes. I don't do the eyes, but I'm like, she gets up there, and she's like, okay, papi, I I'm going to be the one that challenges Chuck Schumer, and I'm going to take over New York, okay? <laughs> she wishes she sounded like that. Like, she wishes she had that much of an accent. Because then I, I like, always... some peop people might identify with her, but no. <laughs> No. I could not tell you how many Twitchbergs have come out and called me racist just for that. For that? For that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's um a very hard way to live for you. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I got just a couple more here. Teachers Union okay. sues Rhode Island mom over request for CRT curriculum info. Uh, this is from the New York Post. State and local branches of the National Education Association filed a lawsuit this week against a Rhode Island mom who initiated hundreds of public records requests seeking information about whether her daughter's school curriculum included principles of CRT. The National Education Association, Rhode Island, and National Education Association, South Kingstown, filed an initial complaint Monday against local school officials, as well as the parent, Nicole Solis, and a defendant identified only as John Doe Hartman. Solis of Wakefield told WJAR she submitted more than 200 requests for information after the principal of her child's elementary school told her they did not refer to students as boys and girls, referring to uh, preferring to use gender-inclusive pronouns. Great. So they're suing her because she asked for the information? Yeah. Yeah, she asked for what they were teaching her, their, her kids in school, essentially. How is that a lawsuit? How is that not just instantaneously dismissed? Like, you can't sue somebody for that. Because <laughs> like, it's New England? Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my whole family is from up there, and the ones that are from up there are a certain kind of way. <laughs> That's <laughs> all I'll say. Uh, they, uh, they'll, use, they'll use the pronouns or what have you, Yeah. Um, which well, is fine. It, it was one of the bothersome things, too. I mean, that was one of the things we saw when we started doing distance learning, remote schooling. Well... 
parents started looking at their kids' homework and they started saying, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. Did you see that one school board meeting where the mom was reading out what was in the book mm-hmm. and the the people on the board told her, stop, stop, that's offensive. I don't want to hear that. And she's like, I'm reading you what's in the book. So if yeah. you're offended hearing it from me, what is my five-year-old supposed to do when, you know, and it was nasty stuff. It was like, they were talking about like anal stuff and like, she's like, I don't like, know if I saw telling- that one, but I saw the one where they were going through a middle school um, literary curricula and seeing the books that they were making middle schoolers read and how much hardcore shit was in that. I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see the elementary school one. Yeah. She was reading some like, um, some sex education book that they were giving to kids who were in kindergarten and there was stuff about masturbation in there. There was stuff about anal sex in there. And they, as she was reading what was in the book out loud to the board members, they were telling her to stop because it was nasty and they were offended. And she's like, so if you grown adults are offended hearing this from me, a grown adult, how are our kids supposed to process this stuff? Are you guys even looking at what you're approving? Like, I don't think they're even looking. They're like, oh, that's that's woke stuff. It's okay. It's woke stuff. They don't mm-hmm. look, you know? I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, like, I don't have kids, so I'm not telling anybody how to raise their kids. But, I mean, I would not have children in those indoctrination factories right now. Like, that you don't even know what they're teaching them. And some of it is, like, degenerate stuff. So, you know, homeschool your kids. All right. And the last one that I have comes from uh, my neck of the woods up here in good old Madison, Wisconsin. Progressive Dane County, Madison, Wisconsin. I shared this in the group chat. You know what's coming off of this one. UW moves 70-ton Chamberlain Rock off campus after student backlash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) A large crane and grounds crew arrived at the University of Wisconsin early Friday morning to move a 70-ton rock that sat near the Observatory Drive scenic overlook. The rock, formerly known as Chamberlain Rock, is being taken off campus after an initiative last June by the Wisconsin Black Student Union and Wunk Sheik to remove it because of a nickname given to the boulder is a racial slur. It was referred to as a derogatory name in Wisconsin State Journal story in the 20s, the 1920s, by the way, at a time when the Ku Klux Klan was active on campus. Because in 1925, in the Wisconsin State Journal, a journalist refer to it as the n-word head rock oh <laughs> it's like that ranch uh that what's his name uh rick uh he's he's got a, a branch by the same name some politician i can't remember his last name right now but yeah <laughs> it's not the rock's fault how is it the fault of the rock that's like you're blaming this natural formation for something that it didn't even do for yeah. rock <laughs> I mean, yeah, if if the words were carved into the rock or something, I could understand that. Like, I, I get it. I, I live near Stone Mountain, Georgia, where they have like the Confederate generals like carved into the mountain. And I, I get it. Like, I, I get why that is a point of contention. You're not going to move a mountain, but I get why that's a point of contention. There's something carved into the rock. This rock didn't even have anything carved or written into it. It's just a rock. It's just sitting there. It's not hurting you. So when the Chinese do finally take us over and we're living underneath their rule, I I want you to know it's because of shit like this. (laughs) Because we got offended by a rock. That's why. And we'll deserve it. 
I really think that they're getting to a point of this is Simon Says. And they're just seeing what <laughs> right. outrageous thing they can make the people do. Right. You're just trying to comfort everybody's mental illnesses all the time. And like, just stop. These people are not so numerous. You think like everything will collapse if they are offended, but literally nothing will happen. Nothing is going to happen if you just ignore these people. All right, let's see what these guys are saying here. Then we'll get into the eviction moratorium news. Cam Harless is here. It says, tell me about it. Carl Menger says, hey, Jessica. Hi, Carl Menger. Hey. That's a new name here. Hi, Leaf is here yeah. with the, uh, the half track with a quad 20 millimeters. Um, Cam Harless says, I prefer lemon balm. Lemon balm? I, I don't That's know what, what I, that I means. <laughs> I grow uh, I grow lemon balm and I use it medicinally in a lot of things. So that's what he's referring to. I even uh, have this this stuff right here. It's like a a lemon balm salve that I made. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Chilaga is here. Welcome, Chilaga. The house that Jack built tonight is going to be on uh, your Hundred Nights of Horror, I think. Oh, nice. Kurt Howland says, making plans as if October won't be a battle between the concentration camps and turkey hunters. <laughs> uh, Kurt says, I think I could pump up those numbers with Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Hammer Films. Katie Zed is here. Is that Katie? Uh, Kurt Howland says, good nudes. Oh, sorry, I heard that wrong. Never mind. Because <laughs> remember, we they're started with good they're, news today. They're Ed's nudes. They're... <laughs> They're Edward J. Gar's nudes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chilaga says, this is awesome. I really like Jessica. Uh, Highleaf says, Japan is slowly moving back to a standing army, but very slowly. Um, Kurt Howland yeah. convinced and says, yes, the prior government of China escaped to Taiwan as Mao took over the mainland. That's why Taiwan used traditional Chinese written language, while Mao's mainland used simplified. Hmm. Interesting. I did not know that. <clears throat> um, Chilaga says, Apple Virtue Good, Doing Bad. Uh, Nephilim Ninja of Nibiru is here and says, Jessica has the greenest, dankiest arugula. <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> um, My rocket is dank. It's true. Breakdown with Birkenhoff is here. Welcome in. Asherbao says, we're all created people made in the image of God. Thank you, Asherbao. That's a new name here as well. Um, Highleaf says, so if BLM thinks rocks are racist, then wait till we tell them about trees. They would want every tree removed. Oh, no. <laughs> Yo. Apparently In the words are... of Stephen Ignoramus, Yo. <laughs> uh, Breakdown with Perkinhoff uh, says we're both his two favorite people. So thank you, Wyatt. Nice. Highleaf says, remember that Richmond gun rally where 20,000 people with guns could have overthrown the local government. But... Did not, but a selfie fest on January 6th is the biggest threat to the U.S. Yeah, there were like so many people over 60 participating in that, too. Like the number of bad knees in the insurrection was like, you know, the ratio was high. That's all I'm saying. The insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection. Yeah. No, I know. It was a selfie fest. All That's right. A lot we, gotta... of... we Go ahead. I don't want to get you in trouble. With the things I will say about that. <laughs> All right, we uh, we got to talk a little bit about the eviction moratorium because that is uh, that's the big one in the news this week. So 
Um, where we left off on Monday when I had Remzo Martinez on here was the fact that the eviction moratorium was just beginning to end. And right away, many states and municipalities already had people sitting in eviction court. So it looks like they were preparing for this at some point here. And we, you know, we got the, the big dissociated press sob story of, well, they're, they're sitting in court and, and this woman, she, she might lose everything. In fact, uh, I can actually read this from the Dissociated Press at this point because I have that article here. Landlords, tenants fill courts as eviction moratorium ends. Um, and of course, I mean, you've got Gabe Amandi, a 74-year-old landlord from Rhode Island, has come to court hoping to get his apartment back. He was tired of waiting for federal rental assistance. Hours later, Luis Vertentes, in a different case, was told by a judge he had three weeks to clear out of his one-bedroom apartment in nearby East Providence. The 43-year-old landscaper said he was four months behind on rent after being hospitalized for a time. You know, we hear all the same stories. I mean, this guy was working and he was hospitalized. And, you know, it, th th this woman had kids and now she has to go move in with her parents. And I, I brought my kids to court with me. And I started to struggle after my hours were cut. And, I mean, we see a lot of anecdotal stuff for this. Um, yeah. Another one, uh, Antoinette Ellaby of Miami expects an eviction order. She's sending her five children to live with her mother in another country. So, I mean, there's anecdotes left and right for this, but I don't think this represents the majority. What do you think about what's going on so far? I mean, before we get into the, they're bringing this back, just yeah. some of the, the first waves of this. It, it's, a it's a really tough situation because some people really are in a position where they can't pay their rent because the lockdown shut everything down. So they were placed unfairly in a position where they couldn't pay their rent. However, a landlord is just the same as you or I, that's their mm -hmm. job. That's their income. They can't keep up these places. These places are turning into slums in some cases because you're not paying the landlords. The landlords don't have any money to fix anything and they're not allowed to kick your ass out in order to get uh, someone in there who will pay them so that they can keep the maintenance of the place. Um, at the same time, like I, I think it is about to create a humanitarian disaster. If you throw millions of people out into the streets, like there's no, it just everywhere I look in this, it just doesn't seem like there's an easy situation or an easy fix anywhere. And this situation was created by the government, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. It, that's really tough. Cause there are people who are hard up because of what happened. And it's not their fault, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I'm really torn on this issue. I don't want to see people thrown out onto the streets. I think you, it's, it's going to create a major humanitarian disaster. But at the same time, I, I know a guy um, who has renters. He said that they were 18 grand behind. Mm -hmm. And um, he, they, their air conditioner broke. It was a $4,500 fix. He went over there. They had bought a new boat. So they owe him 18 grand. He had to go over there, pay for $4,500 to get this air conditioner fixed. And they just bought a new boat. So like, I think that, you know, there are definitely people taking advantage of the situation too. So like for what it's, what's the ratio, how many people with families full of children who really, really need a break here um, versus how many people are taking advantage of the situation and basically stealing like, cause yeah. that's stealing, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I, I looked at some of these, too, and some of the situations that I saw in the Associated Press article, and that was one of the first things that I saw, because, I mean, this this was just happening when I talked to Remza last time, and just some of these stories were filing into court for the first time. But I looked at some of this, like, th this one woman says, oh, I've got to go, 
I, I got to go shuffle my kids off to another country because of this. And yeah. how many of these people were standing out here on the streets saying, eat the rich, all landlords are bad, on top of that, too? Because you know there was plenty of that there. I couldn't believe yeah. the number of people in Wisconsin that are facing this down right now. It's something like 110,000 people in Wisconsin, yeah. in my small state, population-wise. You throw them out on the streets, what do they become? They become homeless people. Well, they become Madison then, citizens. Madison citizens. What do you mean? Oh, I, the homeless go to Madison all the time. Oh, okay. I see. All right. Yeah, fair enough. But what I'm saying is like you just, you're creating the similar situation that's San Francisco in Wisconsin with tent cities and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, what's happening there will be happening everywhere else if you just throw all these people out on the street. So I, I don't I don't know what's to be done here. Well, the the government stepped in um, in a way that I, I think is going to get challenged at some point or another here. Uh, the government did step in. Uh, reading from Politico, CDC announces new eviction ban despite Supreme Court threat. So they were told by the Supreme Court that if they continue to do something like this, it has to be legislated. They can't continue to do this from the top down, which is, I mean, believable. The executive branch shouldn't have that much power over what happens to somebody in their home. Yeah. And then the executive branch went out and, well, did it anyway. It, it really makes you question whether there is actually like a separation of powers anymore, or it's just, you know, concentrated so far into the executive at this point that it doesn't matter. Like a lot of this lockdown stuff, you hear people saying that the solution is okay, they're going to, you know, the, the vaccine passports, the lockdowns, all this stuff, they're going to sue them in court. They're going to sue them in court. Well, it doesn't seem like the rulings of the court mean anything anymore. Right. So if all the power is now concentrated in the executive and you can't sue in court, or even if you do spend all this time and all this money, this years of energy suing in court, and then the executive just ignores the court ruling, you know, I keep talking about, uh, you know, maybe things would be better if we had a king because we have a de facto king. And I just like there to be a little honesty about what we're doing. Instead of pretending that we're a representative democracy, let's be honest about it and point out, yeah, we have a de facto monarchy, a de facto olig uh, oligarchy that runs everything. That's Jesus not a representative Christ, that's democracy. A king, that scares the fucking shit out of me. Doesn't it just? Doesn't uh, our it king just? craps his fucking pants and doesn't yes, know where he, he is at this time. Hey, they've had kings like that before. I mean, the madness of King George. See that movie, guys? That England was ruled for many, many years by an insane man who crapped his pants. They <laughs> did all right. So, <laughs> so I mean, looking in at this new ban, this doesn't seem to be a blanket ban like it was, which raises further questions for me, honestly, when I look back at this. Uh, this looks like this was supposed to be a ban in certain areas that were heavily hit by COVID-19 that had X amount of um, cases per 100,000 people. I believe it was like 50 cases per 100,000 people is mm -hmm. was the cutoff for this, which that raises even more questions, especially coming out of the federal government, because, I mean, equal protection under the law exists. Maybe not anymore, but that could so be a challenge a, coming from the left for this. So they're saying uh, cases of um, evictions or cases of COVID? C cases of the pinko fucking pox. Wow. 100,000. But that's not... <laughs> How is that a determining fa economic factor, though? Like, I don't, I don't understand using that as a metric. That that baffles me to use that as the metric for assistance. 
I'm sorry. Because <laughs> cases, yeah, you might have COVID right now and not even know it because right. it's just not affecting you in any way. Like that's ridiculous, a ridiculous metric in my opinion. I'm sorry. Well, and that's actually the thought process that I went through when I said this could possibly get challenged from the left because somebody's going to look at this in a in an area that's, you know, like this where they don't have all the cases, like where I live in Redacted. Yeah. In Redacted. Where, the town of Redacted. <laughs> the town of Redacted and the county of Redacted. No, actually, everyone knows I live in Rock County because I say it all the time. No. Because no. I brag about the fact I got out of fucking Dane County. Congratulations. <laughs> Dane County is where Madison is. And it's like the yeah. most progressive county in the United States. Really? In Wisconsin, huh? Yeah. You wouldn't figure that. You wouldn't figure it. Hmm. It's unfortunate. But, I mean, you, you know, you get somebody in a little building like this. Now, I, I'm pretty positive that everybody in this building was caught up on rent. I, I don't think anybody used the eviction ban. I think everybody in here paid their rent on time, everything off of this. But, I mean, you go down into, like, Janesville or something, you'll, you'll probably see a few people like that where I don't think Janesville really has a, a big concentration of COVID cases either right now. But now mm -hmm. they're going to look at this and say, hey, what the fuck? They're getting these, they're, they're getting all this stuff in Madison and Milwaukee. Why, why can't I get any rental assistance here? I want to continue to go out and not pay my rent. What the hell? Why isn't the metric, like, how hardcore the lockdowns were like if your lockdown shut down your business then like it seems like you would be the target of the the assistance not you know you I, I i don't know i just don't understand using covid cases as opposed to lost income as the metric because like it should, it should go to business owners it should go to the people who you know were paying uh the paychecks but i guess not yeah uh, yeah, I don't understand that either. Um, now, we've looked at some of this. There are actually fines that go along with this as well. So one of them came out of this. Um, it looks like the criminal penalties, according to this, under 18 U.S. Code 3559, 3571, 42 U.S. Code 271, and 42 uh, CFR 70.18, a person violating this order may be subject to a fine of no more than $100,000 or one year in jail or both. If the violation does not result in death or a fine of more, no more than $250,000 or one year in jail or both if the violation results in death or as otherwise provided by law. Which is really interesting because 18 U.S. Code 3559 refers to violent assaults and rapes. That's sentencing guidelines for violent assault. What? Oh my gosh, this gets crazier and crazier. I don't... So you're going to blame the landlord if someone who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, might have gotten kicked out of their apartment under normal circumstances ends up dying? That's insanity. It, it, how are you responsible for that? I just, I, I, we are so beyond the pale at this point. Like none of this, it doesn't have to make sense though, does it? It no. just need, they just need words to write down to justify where we're sending the money. We're sending the money and the word rape is scary. So rape and death and oh my God, $100,000. Oh my God. Yeah, this is, this is madness. This is it. You know what? All of this stuff hastens the, the split of the United States, in my opinion. People who are not going to be willing to 
participate in this madness any longer or going to break off and form their own separate country or form balkanize or whatever it is they need to do. And the more crazy stuff like this that they do, the more it hastens it. So I say, go balls to the wall, guy. Make it, make up all the shit that you need to just so that more and more people become completely fed up because that's, that's the only way any of this is going to stop. It doesn't well, stop I'm, from here. I wanted to point one other thing out um, going on with this too, because, and we, Remso and I talked about this last week before this all came to a head again. Um, but one of the big issues coming off of this was Cory Bush was literally sleeping on the Capitol steps. Cory Bush? Cory Bush from <laughs> the, the like big girl. Yeah. From like yeah. Friday, the Friday <laughs> before the end of July up until the new eviction moratorium came out, Cory Bush had been sleeping on the Capitol steps to represent homelessness as a form of protest. <laughs> That's adorable, Cory Bush. Oh, well, we, sure. we've got some video because Chuck, uh, Chuck Schumer says that the, the new eviction moratorium, she did this. Let's let's watch the video here. Okay. Hey, you are great. You did Congratulations. I'm so proud and happy. They're, they're working to the steps. They're working to the steps. Oil. You guys are fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 60 bucks. They want to spend 960. They're going to support. Thank you. That is my expert. He, um, he thinks it covers almost everybody. I also want to point out that a couple of onlookers and Charles U. Schumer are the only people in the crowd that are wearing a mask. And Alexander Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> and Cory Bush are not. I am. Um, so did she sleep out there all night or did she lay down? They took a couple of pictures and then she went back home because that seems to be the way that they do things. I, I have no confirmation of that. Yeah. I can't answer that uh, question. She, she a big girl. She got a bad back. I know about having a bad back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she did not sleep on those steps all night. I doubt that. It's the same way they do with the masks. They put the mask on. They take the picture. They take the mask off. She laid down on the steps. They took the picture. She went back home. There's no way. There's no way. I do not believe for a million years that she just slept on the Capitol steps. What did she have an armed guard standing there while she did it? Like. Well, she talked yeah. about that, and we'll talk about that if we get to the McCloskey story later on. She talked about that, too. Like, she said she, she hired private security when she was sleeping out of the steps, and she would hire $200,000 worth of private security. For them to, to brandish a firearm for the protection yeah. of her property and person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Corey. So she believes in private security, yeah. not just the because she is also talking about defund the police. Yeah. She does, doesn't she? She believes in private security for her because she can afford it, is mm -hmm. what she believes in, yeah. But poor people can go F themselves because, you know, the places in the inner city that actually, like, need police to come help them when they're being targeted, they don't they don't get that luxury, do they, Corey? You do, though, because you can afford it. It's nice. It's really nice. It's like those people who are, like, trust fund babies who went to private schools talking about like there should be no school of choice it's yeah. the same thing it's like we don't care what happens to the poor kids the poor hit kids have to go to these public schools 
And, you know, it's always some trust fund baby that went to a private school. This is this Corey, uh, Corey, what is her name? Corey Bush? Yeah. Bush. Yeah. Okay. This Corey Bush situation is no different than that. This is her saying, well, I have money for private security, so there shouldn't be police and, you know, whatever to the poor people. Well, and then, I mean, what did, Tim, what, what did Tim Pool say when they started talking about defund the police? Okay, so we'll get rid of the police then. And all of a sudden, all, only the, the rich people have security. And then all the poor people come out and say, okay, well, we need to use the government to make sure that everybody gets security. Congratulations, you just invented police. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, because I, I do think that there are private ways to handle that, too, mm-hmm. because... For example, there's like the Detroit Threat Assessment Center, which has been talked about multiple times at like Tom Woods show, for example. And they are uh, in Detroit in neighborhoods that were actually abandoned by the state police, like these really rough inner city neighborhoods. The police just wouldn't go there anymore. So people from those neighborhoods got together and created the Detroit Threat Assessment Center. The interesting thing about these, um, even though they're in these really rough inner city neighborhoods, they haven't had to kill or shoot anyone because they come from those neighborhoods. They know the people in those neighborhoods. And the, you know, there's not this like um, divide between the security, the, the people who are the security staff and the people that they're providing security for. So they're actually willing to work together. So, I mean, there are there are private solutions for the poor too, but they're not allowed to even explore them because of regulations. So, all right. Before we move on into another topic here, I want to point one other thing out with the eviction ban because this is something that's actually been bothering me since I heard it. Because this this is a temporary short term solution. This is a sixty day moratorium, which means that it will go through the month of August in September and into October. Now, you live in Georgia. Yes. So in October, it's probably maybe 60, uh, high 60s or low 70s-ish. Yeah, roughly, I live in yeah. Wisconsin, and you're, you're from Michigan on top of this, too. Mm-hmm. What happens in October in our states three-quarters cold. of the time? It's very cold. Snow sometimes. So, so what's going to be the next emergency coming back up out of this? Now that, they're, now that they can <laughs> evict people in October. Yeah, it's going to be that, um, you know, t- <laughs> that Russia might turn off the, the heat. <laughs> um, but these, yeah, these evil, heartless be- landlords are putting people yeah, out in the winter. They're putting putting people out in the cold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, they're actually Noah's predicting a um, a warm, a warmer winter than we had last year. So hopefully if something like that does happen, because I, I am genuinely concerned about the people who are going to be put out in the streets. Like there's actually going to be people who are actually put out in the streets who don't deserve it. So mm-hmm. I hate to paint this entire situation with like a wide brush that says, well, these people, they, they, they should have, you know, this or they should have that. And, you know, they deserve what's happening to them. A lot of people who this is going to happen to, they don't deserve it. So mm-hmm. I am concerned for them. Um, but at the same time, it's like the, this entire situation was created by the government. They keep saying because this happened because of COVID, this happened because of COVID. No, it didn't happen because of COVID. It happened because of the restrictions the government placed on people's businesses. It shut down their livelihoods. And so some of these people really don't deserve what's going to happen to them. And I am concerned about them being put out in the winter. I'm genuinely concerned about that. So I don't know. I mean, like, can pri- can there be some private solutions? Can 
you know, churches or, or charity in some way, pick this up. Like there needs to be some kind of safety net for this people. And I don't know that the government is going to provide that the way that it needs to. So like, I I really hope people will start thinking about, Hey, we're actually going to have like shit tons of new homeless people, something to think about. Like, if you think that there should be private solutions, those solutions have to come from you. Private solutions aren't something that everybody else does. It has to come from you. It has to come from me. So we need to like really get it in our heads. There's going to be a lot of needy people. And we need to think about what we're going to do about that personally, what we're going to do about that. Exactly. All right. I want to do a little bit of this infrastructure, uh, infrastructure bill. And then I believe after that, we're going into the, oh yeah, we're going to go into the Obama birthday party and then Delta variant. So I'm gonna, we're just going to touch on this infrastructure thing for a slight thing. We'll do a chat break, and then we're going to get into a big, big topic here. So um, as of right now, the infrastructure bill could be voted on in its official capacity as early as this week. Is we get the fourth th- stimulus check? Uh does not look like there's going to be a fourth stimulus check in this one. This is going to be limited to roads and bridges and a few other pet projects in here, which we will discuss oh, okay. in uh in uh, just a second here, but uh, yeah, we, okay. we cleared the vote threshold. This got down to the Senate floor. They're debating it currently, but there's been some interesting stuff off this. Now, I don't know, and there is some there are some problems that go along with this. This does need to pass the filibuster. Otherwise, they can't go through with the budget reconciliation on the $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill that they have going alongside with this. It just pains me. Every time they say the word trillion, it just like a knife in my heart. <laughs> but Manchin's already come out and said that he can't guarantee anybody that the reconciliation package will pass. So, I mean, he's already up on board saying that, you know, I, I, I might not vote for this. It depends on, on what gets tossed to me and what doesn't. But interestingly enough, um, various legal minds and people on the internet, because that's what they do, have started going through this bill page by page. And I mean, this is a thousands of page bill. Yeah, that they're doing it's for infrastructure. Thick. Yeah, it's like thick. I can't even get it in the camera. Do you see that photo of the intern standing in the door with this like brick of paper? And I'm like, is that the actual infrastructure itself? Because it looks interestingly like enough, I have a thousand page book sitting on my desk. Yeah, like, and it's many of those. Like, yeah, yeah. they could build Bear a bridge. The dragon, by the way, the bill. Oh, okay, Tom Clancy, huh? All right. Yep. Um. But one of the things I wanted to point out with this, um, there are a couple of provisions that are coming into this particular bill that might sweeten the deal for Manchin himself. Uh, one of them uh, was found by viewers of Fox Business that says bipartisan infrastructure bill includes a billion dollars for a commission run by Manchin's wife. Buried in the 2,702-page bipartisan infrastructure plan that senators could pass as soon as this week is a billion dollars for funding for a commission run by the wife of Senator Joe Manchin, one of the key Democratic negotiators. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act would shift the page back to the top. Excuse me. Um, Would allocate a... Oh, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares about you. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Um, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act would allocate a billion dollars for the Appalachian Regional Commission, an economic development partnership agency between the government and 13 states in the Appalachian region that's co-chaired by Gail Connolly Manchin. 
President Biden tapped Gail Manchin for the role in March, and she was unanimously confirmed by the Senate one month later. So that that seems like a handout to me. Yeah, <laughs> there's I'm sure I mean, you could have a team of 100 people going through that bill and not discover all of the pork that's inside of it. And I mean, and like, that's that's what it is. I mean, it's pork. Yeah. Yeah. And this yet again represents the fourth in a in a long line of uh wealth grabbing that has been done by the people in power and it's really like sort of cementing that final push toward like communistic feudalism that we're going to discover ourselves in if if you don't own a home now it's going to become impossible for you to own a home after this like absolutely impossible they they'll they won't make it um something that is attainable for the average citizen any longer. And that that staple of what used to represent the American dream will no longer exist. And those of us, you know, who have houses will be looked at with like ire, like it's going to be an eat the rich situation because you're supposed to live in a pod and be happy mm-hmm. with it. And, and eat the bug and yeah. I, I and eat it. the bug. Yeah. And all that wealth is just shifting upward, shifting upward. And, you know, it's, it's, the average schmo who pays this. We we pay this out of our taxes. I remember in the, the last infrastructure, or not infrastructure, a stimulus bill, they had something like uh, $25 million going to like a, a dance program and some other or other thing. Like, it's just it, it, insane. Anybody who has a, a pet project throws their paper in there and then it gets broadly passed without anybody like reading it and there should be, and I've heard this floated before and I think it's a good idea. There should be like a page limit on these bills. Yeah. Like if you can't make this, you, you can't make your case in 25 pages, then it doesn't get in. Exactly. You know? But we're not there yet. We'll, um, we'll, we'll fall before that happens, unfortunately. The other provision that's been discovered and talked about here, and this is another one of those things of, you know, violate the Fourth Amendment because the government says so and they tell private companies to do that. Um, Reading from NBC, the infrastructure bill awaiting Senate vote includes a number of automotive safety measures, one requiring a new technology to keep drunk drivers off the road and another that alerts drivers who may have inadvertently left a child in their vehicle. So here again, we come back to that. um, Oh, well. What, think about the children. Won't you think about the children? For the children, yeah. Uh, well, drunk driving kills. I don't even. Another... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I don't even think that dr- drunk driving should be illegal. Like if you don't, if you drunk drive drunk, but you don't kill anyone, then you didn't commit a crime. Like if you if you kill someone, Based. then your crime crime is murder. Then you've yeah. killed someone. That's your crime. It's it's kind of like uh, the same concept as like hate crimes. It's like if you bash someone over the head and you did it because they're Jewish, then the crime is that you bash them over the head, not that you had hate in your heart while you were doing it. Same thing applies to drunk driving, in my opinion. I know that's not a popular opinion, but, you know. Um, Well, I I just want to read what they're trying to do here. Those already convicted of drunk driving offenses may already have to prove they're sober using technology similar to a police breathalyzer. They blow into a tube with sensors then detecting their blood alcohol level. A camera system confirms someone else isn't blowing into the system, which I guess they forget to put the camera in in Wisconsin because um, I've never seen the camera in there. I've seen the tube in plenty of people's vehicles. I've never seen the yeah. camera in there. Um, Nissan, for one, is working on a system that would use several different methods to see an impaired driver is behind the wheel. 
Um, multiple sensors detect alcohol in the cabin air. A camera atop the instrument cluster looks for facial cues signaling the driver is inebriated. And the vehicle itself looks for driving patterns suggesting an impaired driver. But so what if I, is- as what if I, as the passenger, get hammered and then my husband's driving me home? But there's yeah, that's, alcohol. That's one of the concerns that came up with that. Because I like to party. And what, we can't start our car because I like to party? That doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, it's, and I I shared an anecdote on this um, as well. I was, um, after I broke up with Roxanne when I was living out east, I was dating another girl who also liked to drink a lot, like well beyond. And, you know, this was back. Oh, no. (laughs) I had a 95 Ford at the time with, with the actual bench seat. And this girl, she, we go to the bar. I have a, one scotch, which there in its, of itself would prevent me from driving my truck. But if I got one scotch, she is blitzed to the fucking wind completely. Yeah. And we get in, and I go to drive her home, and she decides, okay, I just want to lay down and take a nap on your lap. Passed out drunk. Great. What, what do you think that would have done to the sensors in the system? Because her head is in the in the driver cabin at that point. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, like, they're, don't get me wrong, drunk driving, like, it sucks. You shouldn't do it. I'm not, just because I don't think that you should be arrested for it doesn't mean that I'm, like, freewheeling and you should do it. Like, you're an asshole if you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, you know, you're, again, leaving in the hands of a computer something that, you know, it can very easily make incorrect determinations about. So, like, you know, I don't know. There's just going to be situations where, Someone needs to start their car and get the hell out of where they are, and they're not going to be able to. What if you spill alcohol on your shirt? What if you're, you know, fighting with a drunk person? Whatever it is, you're you're you got an abusive boyfriend who drinks and he's taken to beating on you. So you've you've run out to the car and you need to get the hell out of there. Well, you can't start the car now. I mean, there's just any number of situations that a computer algorithm can't assess in that moment. So like, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a violation of privacy for sure. Um, That being said, I love the fact fact you said violation of privacy because we've talked about, you know, the actual alcohol in the air and we haven't talked about all the cameras that they plan to put in your vehicle. Oh, I know. Like this, this reads your facial cues. This makes sure that nobody else is trying to blow into the tube. Like, why do I want the government with a camera in my fucking car? And like, you know, that's where you do your, your best nose picking and, and whatever other things you do in the privacy of your own car. That's your own little sanctuary. A lot of times, a lot of people, especially like you got big family, you got kids, wife at home. Your car is the one place where you're by yourself, where you get a little privacy to be within the privacy of your own mind and your own thoughts. And the government wants to fill it with cameras. I mean, it's just like we're moving toward the society where you're never alone. I mean, it's bad enough that we got these phones in our pockets that like track our every move and listen to us. And and I was riding around the other day and I saw a store. I can't remember what the name of it was, but a pop shelf. That's what it is. I saw a store and I was like, what's a pop shelf? And the, the very next time I looked at my phone, it was an advertisement for pop shelf. Like they heard me say that and they're like, hey, bitch, you'd like this store. <laughs> turns out turns out I really would like that store pop shelf seems amazing but nice. that's aside from the point you shouldn't be listening to my private goings on especially since that's something I just said to myself I just said out loud what the fuck's a pop shelf and then my phone is like oh you want to go to pop shelf 
I mean, I do, but that's not the point. Like, they have a lot well, of room I, decor there. It's like a Hobby Lobby. It's really cute. I, I'll leave this on this, and then we'll go read some live chat. But, I mean, yeah, we talk about, yeah, this is your good nose-picking time. This is your only alone yeah. time. Plus, how many yeah. people at the NHSTA, or TSA, rather, NHTSA, are going to be sitting there beating off while they're watching you get roadhead? Right. I mean, like, maybe you want a jacket while you're riding down the street. That's, like, your one time mm-hmm. and you that you get by yourself. <laughs> and now you've got an NSA agent watching you jack it. It's just not fair. It's not fair. You should be able to jack it in the privacy of your own car. All right. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, let's go see where everyone is at at this point here. Uh, they've, all, they've all flown the coop. <laughs> <laughs> um highly says if people can't ra- pay rent the one percent will help cover the cost aoc possible quote yeah i'm sure she will right aoc you're gonna get in your own wallet and do that i'm sure um highly has a question for you if you have or want a firearm what do you want what do you have um, or i own want? I have several firearms. I'm not going to tell you all of them and what they are, but my um, personal favorite is my nine millimeter. It's a Smith and Wesson M and P shield. And as a lady, you know, it's uh, not too hard on the recoil, which can be problem. Women, women can be um, hesitant um, when firing because of recoil. And so that one doesn't give me that sort of like hesitant feeling that, Oh, I'm about to get my world rocked by this, this gun. So, um, yeah, but you know, I also, I am, if, if I had to choose something in a situation, I would pick a rifle. So. I mean, the recoil, that's a real thing, not just for like your gender, but I mean, you're a little person too. I'm tiny. Yeah. You're, I'm 4'11". Like, I, I thought you said 4'10 at one point before, but yeah, I mean. No, no, we, we were trying to determine if I was a midget or not. And I had to like <laughs> go Google what the cutoff for midgetry was and it's 4'10". So I'm just above. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I do have experience with, you know, being around women of that height too, or height and size. You know, my mom is like five one, mm-hmm. which yeah. I, it was when I was, when I was in college, I went home for a visit just one time and, you know, it'd been the first time in like a year and a half I'd visited my mom. My mom's been a waitress her entire life. So she works in the public and I go in there next to one of her coworkers and I'm just standing there talking and this woman, Maria comes out and says, Man, that had to have been really weird for you to be disciplining as a teenager because my mom is like five foot one and I'm six even. Yeah. Little women are um, also very scary. We're very (laughs) close. We're close to the ground, which means we're closer to hell and um, we're vicious. So short women have no trouble disciplining. Trust me. Yeah. Plus my sister's five one, my Two of the three girls, the, the tallest girl that I was engaged to was the last one. She was five, four. The other two were five even. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. All right. So, so you've got a preference for the, the small no, I set. Just, I just happen to run across them all the time. Are you, are you tall? Cause like, I've noticed that tall guys and short girls tend to get together, like extraordinarily tall men and very short women for some reason pair off. I wouldn't say I'm extraordinarily tall. I mean, I tower over Steven. How old? I, I mean, how tall I'm are you? Not? How old are you? I'm okay. Even, that's so. fairly tall. I mean, what's the average, right? Like five, nine. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So you're tall. Yeah. Um, let's see. It tracks. Uh, Kurt Holland says balkanized New Hampshire secession. 
Um, Highly says rape would be nothing like the word racist or Nazi. Aimless Gamer is here, says Jessica gets it. Stephen Ignoramus is here. What's up? Yo, I quoted you earlier. I said, (laughs) yo. (laughs) Aimless Gamer says happiness is a place called Joe. Life to the Max is here. It says he's been working for, I think that's a she, isn't it? Life to the Max um, has been lurking for a while. I see her in chat sometimes. So, hey. Uh, Aimless Gamer says autoplay videos are the best. Nephilim Ninja says that bill be thick. <laughs> Dummy thick. Life to the Max says pods are just bigger coffins. They can't be that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that real comforting squeeze. Yeah. Life to the Max. Um, Aimless Gamer says I'm a bit biased because one of my best friends was killed by a drunk driver, but I still don't like the tech. Yeah. Life it's a dick thing to do. Yeah. Life to the Max uh, quoted you and says, I do want to go to Pop Shop, but that's not the point. I do, though. It's not the point, but I do. Uh, Kurt Holland says, as Jeff Cooper wrote, a pistol is the tool you use to fight your way to your rifle. Yes. Uh, Neff says, I carry an S&W shield every day. Great choice. I forget what the letters are on my, on my Smith, but that's my truck gun, so... I have a Smith in my truck. Yeah. And I like there's, it. There's the recoil factor. Uh, like my preferred, I don't have one, but I'd like to get one. It is a 45, like Beretta. And they're like metal. And then when you, the, like the metal versus the composite, you don't, the recoil is like night and day difference. So I prefer metal to composite, but the composite was within my price range. So it's like a, a gun you can't afford versus a gun you can. You know, this, it's better to have the one you can afford. So but in time, I'd like to have a Beretta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I took my I took my Desert Eagle out of my truck because it didn't fit where I wanted it to be. Oh, yeah. But like, it's if you the Smith that I have, it's like a BS. I I don't know what the numbers are. I have to go out in my truck and look at them. That is. But a I mean, fat whopping piece of gun right there. <laughs> oh my god. It it fits. I, perfectly in the center console of my truck like it was like the center console for my truck was designed for it yeah well it's weird I'm sure it feels that way yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's too much gun for me I, I feel like that would like knock me 50 feet back <laughs> i will send you a picture of my smith in the console just to show you yeah how how, how perfectly it's designed for that console it, it was amazing to me when i saw it do you have to have um a license to conceal carry where you mm-hmm. are Yes. You do? Okay. In Georgia, you don't. Based. So, move move south. <laughs> yeah, you've been trying to get me to do that for the past five days, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's better down here. But you did get me to go to church, so. I did. That. That's my good deed for the day, that I got <laughs> Edward to go to church. That's his, that's his name when he's in trouble, is Edward J. Gar. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk Delta, and I think that's probably going to round us out. I want to see if I can get to some of the Cuomo stuff, but we have got a lot of Delta stuff to get to. Uh, Starting with the Barack Obama birthday party. So where we left off last week, and this is another continuation from last week, uh, Barack Obama was planning on having a massive birthday party with almost 700 people in attendance at his birthday party. Now, he was talked down to by the likes of the public and Jen Psaki, said that she was in an awkward position for this. So it was supposed to be uh, scaled down to 
family and close friends were the only people who were going to be allowed to be there. Um, however, there was a no photograph policy and yet we still got to see various pictures like this gift that I'm about to uh, go put up over here. Because Erica Badu don't listen to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dawn, and Dawn has a nice thread on this too. And she just keeps putting the same GIF over and over again. Uh, the first one is, if you do everything they tell you, maybe you can have a tiny backyard barbecue with a few people for the next holiday. And they show Barack and yes. Badu. <laughs> Even if you're vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask. It's not that hard. Do your part. If you don't do what we tell you, we might have to shut down your non-essential small business again. It's not safe for vaccinated teachers to be in the classroom with your kids. What's not, but not for those reasons. Yeah. And then the last one. Happy birthday, Barack Obama. Looks like it was a super fun party and everyone else should have the freedom to do the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, go ahead. It, it's never become more clear, and it really should be to everyone at this point, that they do not have the same rules that you have. They make rules for you. They're, they're not afraid of it either. No. Why should they be? What What is anybody going to do about it? And so until there's just like mass resistance where you just are like, fuck it, I'm just going to do whatever I want. You know, but, but people, they don't have the stones for that. That's why I'm so uh, in, in admiration of the French right now. You know, it's really easy to make fun of the French. You know, they... Like, you know, they, they surrendered and this, that, and the other thing. But I was going to say, it's really them, easy to make fun of them. Their flag is white. Their national flag is right. white. <laughs> but if you, if, if you really look at the situation between the French and the Americans right now, they know how to treat their civil authorities. You know, they, they yeah. know not to put up with this bullshit. So uh, at the same time, they are instituting vaccine passports over there. And I think we probably all saw that video of the cops going around the outdoor dining, checking people's uh, vaccine passport on their phone. So it's like, you know, um, we're back to the, the papers, please portion of the European takeover. Um, but yeah, there just has to be mass resistance. You just do what you want to do, regardless of whether it's a regulation or not. Don't be afraid to violate regulations because they are meaningless. The people in power who institute them, they don't do them. They're, they just don't do them. So why should you, you know, and yeah. um, they, they can't arrest all of us. Da, are you, are, are you hiding your unvaccinated as saying the attic? As, yeah. as the floorboards? That's right. Yeah, you're unvaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a, I went to a party over the weekend, which you're not supposed to do, but I went to a party over the weekend and, um, there were people who wouldn't come to that party because the number of unvaccinated people was higher than the number of vaccinated. And I was like, great, stay home. I'm not going to stay home. I'm not going to cancel my life. I'm not going to stop living my life because it comforts you that I do that. You haven't shown me any evidence. If I had evidence that actually showed that doing any of that would slow the spread of COVID, I might be willing to do that. But that hasn't come to bear. In fact, everything evidentiary has suggested the opposite of that. So I'm done. I'm out. You failed to convince me and I will do what I want. Now, if you decide to throw me in a cage because of that, that's a risk I'm taking, but I'm not going to not live my life. We're done with this portion of it. I'm done. I did the two weeks, you know, I wore the mask at Target. I'm done. That's it. 
you know, you, you, you ran out your currency with me. And so, you know, I, I know I'm in Georgia. We're not like a heavily locked down state. So I have a little more freedom than someone in say like California to do that. You're likely to encounter more consequences in California as a result of that, just the culture, just because of the culture. So it's up to you, you know, to present the counterculture. That's the counterculture now is to resist vaccination passports, resist, resist lockdowns. And unless you're personally willing to do it, then you are personally allowing the encroachment of power. So it's gotta be you. Get in good trouble, as John Lewis used to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things, too, because you say that you can go to a party and I mean, it's OK. And they, they tell you it's not OK because there's the unvaccinated. I mean, the New York Post reported that by 1 a.m., the scaled down shindig had officially petered out as throngs of famous guests and workers clogged the roads of small town Oak Bluffs, creating a, as a quotes, a shit show of traffic congestion on the resort island, police said. Yeah. Um, some of the guests that were on this appeared to be Erica Badu, Alicia Keys, John Legend, also Tom Hanks, George Clooney, Jennifer Hudson, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Bradley Cooper, Don Cheadle, Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade, Bruce Springsteen, Stephen Colbert, and John Kerry. You mean we had them all in one spot and nobody did anything that, 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 that? That, 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 that. <laughs> I'm just saying they were all in the same place. Damn. They were all in the same place for autographs, Susan. Yes, they were. They were all in the same place. So why shouldn't you be? Why shouldn't you see your friends? Why shouldn't you see your family? Why shouldn't you go and comfort your old people when they're dying? Because these people certainly are doing whatever the fuck they want to. So, you know. And, well, and not I mean, that I don't think that they should. They should be able to do that. But so should we. Like, we should all have that luxury. Some of the other things that have come out this week, um, coming with the uh, uh, well, the Delta variant in and of itself, uh, that one of the big ones has been the vaccine passport rolling out in New York. Let's have a listen to Bill de Blasio explaining to us what the vaccine passport means. And we'll hear it right from the man himself. So today I announce a new approach, which we're calling the key to NYC pass. The key to New York City. When you hear those words, I want you to imagine the notion that because someone's vaccinated, they can do all the amazing things that are available in this city. This is a miraculous place, full, literally full of wonders. And if you're vaccinated, all that's going to open up to you. You'll have the key you can open the door. But if you're unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. That's the point we're trying to get across. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. The key to NYC pass will be a first in the nation approach. It will require vaccination for workers and customers in indoor dining, in indoor fitness facilities, indoor entertainment facilities. This is going to be a requirement. The only way. All right. So Jim, Jim Crow much. I mean, the, the the black community is has a lower vaccination rate than like they, they have the lowest vaccination rate. So you're basically saying like black people aren't allowed to do business. Like it's Jim Crow. Yeah. 
Well, then on top of that, that is, that's creating a, a second class of citizen. Now, I mean, for New York itself, this would be easily enforceable. They just come out and, you know, what did I say? Where, where, where are you hiding? You're, you're unvaccinated. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I could see them in New York doing this. I, I absolutely could see that. And it's a nice Hugo Boss while they're doing it. With the they O. Let them do it. Let the, because what are, you, what are you doing? You're basically creating a situation where those restaurants will go out of business because most people aren't vaccinated. The vaccination rates, like I think in Georgia, it's only 30% of the population here is vaccinated. In New York, it might be a little bit higher, but it's not the majority of people. So those businesses go out of business. People who would ordinarily have come to New York, tourism is a huge yeah, driver. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I was wondering about too, is what's going to be the tourism. I mean, I've, you know, I, I used to have the Red Sox flag behind me, so I'm not on the list of people who are eager to go to New York City. Yeah. But <laughs> I maybe wanted to see Broadway at one point or the World Trade Center, something like that. What's well, like, um... Last night on Stephen Ignoramus's thread, he was saying how he like made peace with the idea that he might never fly again. And I, I hadn't really thought about it, but I think that subconsciously I had done that too already. Like if it's that I need to get vaccinated or I'm not allowed on an airplane, am I getting on an airplane? Okay. So how many, how many more times might I have flown 15, 20 times throughout the next, you know, several years? That's money they don't get. You know, so hopefully somebody will create an airline um, that allows unvaccinated people. You know, we can hope for that alternative markets. But yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with the idea that um, I might never go to New York. That's fine. I mean, that's fine. Broadway's nice and all, but, you know, uh, it's not worth the price of injecting an experimental therapy into my body. That hasn't even been approved or studied. I'm just, I'm just not gonna do it. And <laughs> New York is not enough of a draw for me to, to warrant that. Sorry. I, I, I've got another one here. This one is rule of the internet because um, I had to see it, so the rest of you all have to see it too, because uh -huh. they're they're making promotional videos for getting the vaccine. So let let's let's have a watch of this one. Oh, is this what I think? I like the song though. And you can see, I paused it there because you can see on the guy's t-shirt, and everybody else is wearing the same t-shirt, but you can clear, see it clearly on the one on the front. We're jabbing. Hope you are jabbing too. Work makes you free. <laughs> it's this, it's, that's what it sounds like to me. So what they and for anybody who doesn't know the reference I'm making, it's what was written on the um, gates leading into the concentration camp. Work makes you free. Like it, it do do this, and and you'll be okay. We promise. We promise. If you just do this, you'll be okay. Resist this, for the love of God. Resist this. Get in trouble to resist this. I have accepted the fact that it may come to a point where I will get arrested for my refusal to do, uh, to participate, to, to, to consent to these things. And it's, I'm not saying fight cops. I'm not saying be violent. I'm saying make a place in your heart where you understand that you have to resist it. You have to be a rebel. You have to Rosa Parks this shit, you guys, and, and be willing to sit in a cell for your children. 
do you know what the variant is going to be the next one that's going to kill us all? Oh, I, I don't know my Greek letters. So like uh, Sigma, Omega, Lambda, just I, I know the ones that the sororities use. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> well, we have the Delta variant that's coming around that can apparently get around the vaccine. So whoops, everyone's still getting the, uh, the Delta variant. And we saw Lindsey Graham and I think it was Rob Porter, both GOP uh, Congress people. And I think they're both in different chambers, both had breakthrough case at this point. Because of the Delta variant, but we're also looking at a situation now where we have a Delta Plus variant, which I actually saw that and I thought that was a new streaming service. Delta Plus. (laughs) Yeah, so um, did you hear about uh, Gibraltar? They have basically a 100% vaccination rate in Gibraltar. And they're still having like a massive spike in breakthrough cases. And so now they're blaming not it's not the uh, anti-vaxxers. It's the the boost, the booster, the anti-booster. Mm. So no, it's I like it's no, no matter how much you're willing to go, how far you're willing to go to participate in this, to comply, to do everything you need to do to just get this over with. There's always going to be the other thing, the Delta yeah. plus the booster, whatever thing. It doesn't end. It doesn't stop. You have to draw a line and say across this line, I will not go. You know, that's it. That's it. There's nothing for it. You can't obey your way out of this situation. I'm sorry. Well, on top of this, too, now they've been talking about the Lambda variant, which can apparently clearly go straight around the vaccine to which Candace Owens. Which I, yeah. I, I I don't care for Candace Owens, but she hit the nail right on the head. And I gotta give credit where credit's due. She hit the nail yeah. right on the head with this one. And what she tweets out, Lambda variant is so much easier to say than we lied, the vaccines don't work. <laughs> Disclaimer from Twitter, this tweet is misleading. Learn why health officials recommend a vaccine for most people. Oh, God, geez. Yeah. Like like that road to serfdom tweet. Yeah, that, that's exactly yeah. it. And you can only quote tweet it. You can't like it. You can't comment on it. You can't even copy the link to share it. What's it? You can quote tweet that. Like people do it. Yeah. Hundreds of people every single day quote tweet that tweet. So in effect, they've Streisand affected that tweet into being like one of the most popular tweets on Twitter. Like everybody has seen it now. If they had not touched, if they had just left it lie, that tweet would have faded into obscurity and no one would have ever thought the better of it. But because they put this warning on it, now everybody like can basically quote Road to Serfdom's tweet. And 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 periodically I retweet it just to keep mm-hmm. it in the feed. So like great job with the censorship there, guys. It's really working out for you. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, Candace, okay, like I gotta give it to you. Um, you, you did hit the nail on the head with that one. And yeah, I'm just waiting for them to say like the, the vaccine can go through or the, uh, the Lambda variant can go through walls or, you know, whatever it is, your dog carries the, the, the deer, the woods, the, the trees carry the Lambda variant now. So don't go outside your house. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's never going to stop. It's, it's, it, it, it sounds like these things that I'm saying are insane. Like we'd never say that that's insanity. Could you imagine describing to yourself two years ago the things that they're saying now? You would say, no, it's impossible. That's insanity. The idea that the cops would be going around checking everyone's vaccination status is insane. That would never happen. Guess what, kids? 
you're living it. You better start believing in dystopian stories because you're in one. Or even some of the businesses out there too. Now, Ramzo and I talked last week about um, the government employees now have mm-hmm. to succumb to a, a vaccine or get tested once a week. Uh, several hospitals, another one we talked about last week, have fired people, outright fired people because they're not vaccinated. No warning, no nothing. No, hey, here's a chance to modify your behavior. No, just outright fired. There was a place in Houston yep. and we talked about on last week's Monday show, Monday night show. Yeah. That fired 150 people because they were unvaccinated in the midst of they have a medical professional shortage on top of all this. Yeah. There's an employment shortage, period. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't enough people to work the jobs. <laughs> They're going to fire people for not getting vaccinated. That's madness. Well, this week, Tyson Foods joined the ranks of this. I want to read here from Axios. Tyson Foods mandates COVID vaccine for all U.S. employees. Tyson Foods will require all of its employees in the U.S. to be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, the company said on Tuesday. The move makes Tyson Foods the largest U.S. company with 139,000 team members to require vaccination among all its employees. To date, less than half of all U.S. Tyson Foods employees, about 56,000, have been vaccinated. All employees working in Tyson Foods U.S. office locations must be vaccinated by October 1st. All other team members have until November 1st to get the vaccine. But I've noticed it's always the U.S. offices. Yeah. And I do have to question if this is going to be an excuse to start shipping some of these jobs and the opportunities overseas. Well, I've also noticed that they can do this with, like, employees under a certain pay grade. Like they definitely are not announcing how they're requiring everyone in the corporate office of Walmart or the corporate office of Tyson to be vaccinated. They're requiring it of the people who make under $10 an hour because those people have no other options, basically. So you can do it to a certain class of people. Mm -hmm. And then the ones who work in the corporate office, the ones who have the high paid positions, they're still going to do whatever they want. The, um, the uh, representative for Pfizer that was going to go to Israel ended up having to cancel his trip because he was not vaccinated. Pfizer, the guy from Pfizer was not vaccinated. He's not expected to get that vaccine. He didn't get the vaccine. And (laughs) again, the rules that apply to the regular working person don't apply to the elites. So, you know, well, it's, it's the same thing, too, because, you know, Lollapalooza just happened in Chicago in Grand Park this past weekend. Oh, yeah. That's a shit show for their... Uh, 300,000 people in Grand Park. The optics of which are... I mean, how are, how are people not done, absolutely done at this point? But all we hear about is the fact that Sturgis that's coming up here in the next couple of weeks is going to be the super spreader event. Yeah. Yeah. Just like... Um, just like the anti-lockdown protests were super spreading events, but BLM riots were not. And somehow the virus could um, tell that these were the woke people and (laughs) therefore it wasn't going to spread at a BLM riot. That that wasn't actually the excuse. The excuse was that, well, everyone at a BLM riot is wearing a mask. Well, they're wearing a mask because they're breaking windows and looting. They're not wearing a mask because they give a shit about COVID. But okay. The the thing with Lala that really got me on this one was the fact that the Chicago Department of Public Health Commissioner, Dr. Allison Arwadi, 
went undercover. And she said, like, I put a hat and glasses on. I put a mask on. Disguised herself to go into Lollapalooza to make sure that everybody was doing so she could go back and report to everybody whether everybody was complying or not. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Lollapalooza or anything like that, but I've been to many events like that. Yeah. Now. And there's a lot of like joint sharing. Like that's part of the culture of these big music festivals is that like you roll something up and you hit it and then you pass it into the crowd. Yeah, that wasn't the sharing. I think that would be the most concerning to me. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is like there's, there's a lot no... of body bodily fluid sharing going on too. Oh sure, oh sure, yeah, definitely. But I'm saying like the idea that people who like have a culture of passing around blunts are gonna like just stop doing that is <laughs> not no, 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 no. Yeah, and you know, I went to um, several large events because Georgia opened up a lot sooner than a lot of other states did. So we went to like a a dirt track race where there were like hundreds and hundreds of people there. There's no sudden spike of COVID in my area. Like it's bullshit. Like it's complete bullshit. And the elites who are making these rules know that it's bullshit. That's why, you know, how much money does Lollapalooza bring to their area? Like tons and tons of money. So it's like, we're not going to, we're not going to stop this event from going down. We're making too much money doing it. So they really cared about the spread of COVID or, or large scale events were super spreading events. Then Lollapalooza wouldn't have gone down. It did go down because it doesn't spread COVID and it makes them too much money. However, your child, your poor little fifth grader or first grader has to wear a dirty ass mask all day in the school system. Not because we know that masks prevent COVID, but because we're doing pantomime and theater in order to make people believe that, you know, we're doing something about a virus, which can't be controlled by the government anyway. Governments cannot control viruses. That's an insane belief. So stop complying. For the love of God, stop complying with these people. Just It has to come from us. We have to draw the, land, the line in the sand. All right, I got one more I want to touch on, and I got the double surprise stupidity at the end here. Because um, we got to talk a little bit about Andy Cuomo, because on Tuesday this past week, the AG report dropped, and yeah, it looks like they're looking at some criminal charges for Andy Cuomo at this point. Uh, reading from CNN, the New York Attorney General's investigation into sexual harassment allegations against Andy Cuomo found that Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women. AG Letitia James announced on Tuesday... Um, there have been reports that he has reached under a woman's blouse to squeeze on her breast. Uh, there were reports that he did so with threats to a state trooper. Oh, wow. The balls on that guy. I mean, come on, Edgar. He's not a rapist. He's just Italian. Yeah. That's that's how they are. That's that's his excuse. That's literally, I'm not like being shitty or racist to Italian people. That's literally what he said. Like, no, no, we're actually going to listen to him say this right now. Listen. Okay, good. Oh, good. Okay, good. I do it with everyone. Black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people. Friends, strangers, people who I meet on the street. Wow. Okay, if you're getting accused of a crime, don't make a highlight reel and don't put it on fucking Twitter. And don't say you do it to young people. <laughs> like, 
I do it to the elderly and the little kids. You're like, shut up. Oh my God. This guy's lawyer has got to be sitting there screaming, like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stop talking. Stop talking. Good God. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, he he did too. He like made a whole highlight reel of like everybody <laughs> that he was like French. And by French kissing, I mean like doing that, that cheek thing. It's like, that's not what you're being accused of, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It would be great to see someone um, that powerful take a fall like that. But the only reason someone that powerful takes a fall like that is because the other powerful people have gotten together and decided that he is going to be sacrificed. And they know that they have to sacrifice one of their own every so occasionally so that we don't surround them and burn them to the ground. That's why Weinstein was sacrificed. They, they do this all the time. They have to make blood sacrifices to ensure their continued position. It's like feeding, mm-hmm. feeding virgins to the volcano. But in this case, it's rapists. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's not just like Cuomo. And you know what? You see it all the time, too. Al Franken, he got fed to the volcano. Katie Hill got fed to the volcano. Yep, yep, yep. You know. And I'm not saying that these are not like deservedly so. It's absolutely deservedly so. However, that behavior is rife throughout their ranks. They're all doing that. It's not that he's suddenly getting in trouble for doing this. It's he's being selected for a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it, it's amazing to me that they don't um, roll on each other more often. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess because, you know, you'll end up like Jeffrey Epstein um, if you do roll on people. And I think that that's why that guy um, killed himself was that, you know, he was going to roll on people and they didn't let that happen. Weinstein knows well enough to keep his goddamn mouth shut and take his L. And so he's going to do that. And he's, you know, not going to be uh, killing himself as a result. Right. So, you know. And Cuomo's going to be staying in office. He's refusing to resign. Now, de Blasio's told him to resign. Uh, Charlie Baker's told him to resign. Whoever it is in Rhode Island's told him to resign. President Biden has told him to resign at this point. He he half-assedly did. The way that <laughs> that went down, it, this is what they do. Okay, so he's in there in a press conference. He's asking, answering questions. And completely unrelated, a reporter says to him, do you think that he should resign? And Joe Biden just said yes. And so the headline reads, Joe Biden says he should resign. It's not what he said. He just said yes. And like, so that's kind of the way that that gets twisted. But yeah, it was a real half-assed yes. It wasn't like a... I would expect from him, the reporter said, Mr. President, do do you think Andy Cuomo should, could, Andy Cuomo should resign? And he looked up and said, huh? Yeah. Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah where are like, my, my pants? He goes, yeah. Yeah, I think he should. And that was it. And then the, <laughs> the and then I noticed the very next like hour, there's a headline. Joe Biden calls for this resignation. He did not do no such thing. He just answered in the affirmative. And then they took that around with it. So, you know, when you see these headlines, you just have to realize that it's it's barely an affirmation. They need the barest of affirmations and then they can write a headline it's all it's all foobar it's all bullshit it's all fake and gay anyway fake and gay just like space as they say yeah all right i have double surprise stupidity for you not just one i have two 
Okay. Because I couldn't decide. So there, there are two in here. The first one I want to talk about is a an indoor firing range in Vermont. And an independent journalist's reaction to this. Oh, these are always good. <laughs> so Vermont's independent voice, seven days, shots fired, a reporter visits Vermont's first indoor gun range. The article goes on, and I mean, the guy comes out and tells, okay, this is a great thing. This guy's got a business. You know, I, I come in here, I see this Ruger for 159 bucks. I see this little Derringer for 160 bucks. I see this pink child-sized rifle for 159 bucks. This kind of thing. But then he says, yeah. oh, well, I can go and rent a weapon, so I'm going to go try this. So I want to I read the recount of this guy's story. So we're actually going to scroll this all the way to the bottom to come and talk about this guy's experience with his handgun and his rifle, because he shot both. Okay. Uh, let's see. To experience the offerings of this temple of the Second Amendment, I paid for a lane for an hour, $18, rented a Ruger 9mm pistol and a high-powered semi-automatic AR-15-style rifle made by a company called Heckler & Coke, $35 okay. each. The description. Carol and his staff reject the term assault rifle as inflammatory and imprecise, and in all cases prefer the term firearm to weapon. I also picked up 100 rounds of ammo, $25 for 50 pistol rounds, and $59 for 50 rifle rounds, and chose the standard six bullseye target, $1.99, over the zombie or the gun-wielding bad guy, daring me to shoot him in various highlighted organs. After I reviewed the three pages of range rules, watched a 10-minute safety video, took a short quiz, and donned eye and ear protection, range safety officer Josh Noble led me through two sets of bulletproof doors. Uh, Noble showed me how to load the 9mm bullets into the magazine, shove the magazine into the grip, slide back the surprisingly stiff bolt on a Ruger, release the safety, and prepare to fire. I lined up the sights the best I could and gently squeaked the, squeezed the trigger, and bam! I missed. A tiny hole appeared wide of the target. Even from that short distance, I found it surprisingly challenging to keep the sights centered on the bullseye. Round after round, magazine after magazine, however, I slowly improved my accuracy. That's called practice. It's generally how you get better at things. Uh, then it gets to the rifle. The fact that the first magazine refused to click into place didn't help either, further unnerving me. What if I just broke a $3,500 rifle? A fresh magazine worked just fine, and after loading it, I sent the target out to 15 yards. When I lined, uh, when ready, I lined up the target in the crosshairs, pulled the stock into my shoulder, squeezed the trigger, and ba-boom! It was difficult to describe the impact, physical and personal, of that first shot. It felt like a meteor had struck the earth in front of me. A deep shockwave coursed through my body, the recoil rippling through my <laughs> arms and right shoulder with astounding power, being that close to an explosion of such magnitude, controlled and focused as it was, rattled me. Wow. You know what that reminds me of is um, those romance novels where they're like describing <laughs> the intimate details of making love to the ship's captain. This is the same kind of like description, the heaving, like I don't know. Okay, great. I composed myself, continued to fire round after concussive round. The puffs of acrid gunpowder smoke carried downrange by a powerful ventilation system. My accuracy gradually improved until it became easier to hit the target with a rifle from twenty-five yards than with a pistol from five. It was exhilarating, but I never got com comfortable firing it. I'm not sure what scared me more. The power of that weapon, or the fact that I could have taken one home that day. Oh my god, what a pussy. Okay, <laughs> so the fact that you had so much trouble, like, 
even getting the magazine in. I mean, like these are the weapons that are preferred by like women and children because yeah. they're easy to use. Like, what is wrong with you? Where is your testosterone? Who failed you? It's <laughs> like a man. My God. Yeah. I mean, this is like a preferred, you know, I, me personally, as a woman, like I prefer firing rifles to handguns and it's not more concussive than a handgun. That's ridiculous. It's that's him wanting to create a narrative about these rifles. It has nothing to do with the reality. Got it. I, yeah, you can. I, I read this the first time, and all I could think about was the fact that I have seen a picture of a seven-year-old girl firing an AR-style rifle that was yeah. pink with a unicorn on the sights. God bless. <laughs> I want. I want that. Maybe they have. I wish they sold them at Pop Shelf. My goodness. No, that's what I'm saying. Like these are the like easy to use. That's why they're preferred by women. Like, are you, are you insane? Fake and gay. <laughs> like your whole, your whole thing is fake and gay. I'm sorry. And also, yeah, you improved your accuracy with practice because you had never done it before. That's generally how you get better at things as you continue to fire, you know? So if you had bought one and continued to use it, you would have gotten more comfortable at it and your accuracy wouldn't have improved, but you weren't there for that. You were there to develop a story about you know, the heaving bosoms that you had while you were firing this rifle. My God, I've never been more turned off by, <laughs> by a man in my life than I am right now. I'm so turned off. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I have a better one. Okay. <laughs> better than this? I am, I'm already fully disgusted, but go ahead. From the New York Post. Woman sues McDonald's after a burger ad compelled her to break Lent fast. Report. No, she didn't. <laughs> this is an Orthodox, an Orthodox woman. Ksenia, she has to be. Ksenia Ovchinikova claims that she was lured into indulging Orthodox. in a juicy McDonald's burger, and now she's not loving it. The Girl. puns in this, in this article made it the worst. The Russian woman is allegedly suing the fast food chain after claiming that seeing a mouth-watering cheeseburger commercial made her break her fast during Lent. <gasps> when I saw an advertising banner, I could not help myself, said Avchinikova, an Orthodox Christian, in a court statement regarding the Mac Religious Act. Yes, they changed sacrilege to macrilege. According to Mac Russian religion. state media. <laughs> the Girl. unhappy... The, the unhappy meal reportedly occurred in April 2019, while the Omsk native was observing Lent, a strict period which devout Christians are expected to forego meat, meat byproducts, right. poultry, eggs, and dairy. I'm, we're in the fast. We're in the dormition fast right now as we speak. Avchinikova oh claims she had adhered to the belt tightening custom for a month when she saw the enticing Golden Arches banner advertising a cheeseburger and chicken nuggets. Despite successfully fasting for the last 16 years, the hangry woman couldn't resist and visited McDonald's and bought a cheeseburger, the repentant religious follower admitted in her statement. However, and this is the last bad pun that I'm going to give you, however, the cheat meal apparently didn't sit well with of Chinakoba, who was reportedly suing McDonald's for $14 as the compensation for breaching consumer protection law and insulting her <laughs> religious feelings, the Daily Mail reported. She's suing oh McDonald's God. for $14. $14. I don't know how far $14 goes in 
Russia or wherever she's from. Maybe it's a lot of money there, but God damn. Okay. So you should go to confession, not to your lawyer. Okay. <laughs> and also like I'm, I am newly Orthodox. I converted this year to Orthodox. This is my first long-term fast. And like, she's been successfully fasting for 16 years. It was not McDonald's that made her break her fast. It was her own weakness. And secondly, like the dietary aspects of the fasting are not the main point of the fast. The point of the fast is to bring you closer to God. You're supposed to fast from like, um, you know, grudges and, 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 and being mean to people and, you know, things of that nature. So like the, the dietary fasting is a very small portion of that. And it surprises me that a woman who's been Orthodox for her entire life, a cradle Orthodox is like missing the point on this. So funny story, but as an Orthodox person, I'm just like embarrassed. Just no, no, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. If you have a cheeseburger, you know, okay, don't do it the next day. But it's not like God is not, God is not a legalist. He's not sitting there with a pad like, oh, Anna Kornikova, she had that cheeseburger. Hell for you, sweetheart. Hell for you. That's not how it works. So no, what suing McDonald's for $14? That's your mortal soul. You think this is on your mortal soul and you want $14 in compensation. What a psychopath. I'm so- okay. I, I thought I was angry at the first story. Now I'm livid. Furious right now. Ugh. McDonald's. You broke your fast for McDonald's. Go get a steak. What is your problem? (laughs) Clown world. I hate everyone. (laughs) Now now I've broken my fast because I have thought terrible, terrible, mean things about this woman. I'm going to sue her for $14 for making me break my fast. Horrible. You, You are not the first person who's broken a fast that I've been responsible for. But it's oh, really? a little bit more personal, and I will tell you that off mic. Okay, fair enough. Fair it's enough. It's basically how I determined that my ex girlfriend was a whore. Oh, ooh, goodness. Okay, well, I was. This is just dietary fasting related, but um, in the Orthodox religion, if you're having dinner with people who mm-hmm. aren't Orthodox and they offer you meat, but it's a fast, the Orthodox thing to do is accept the meal. Hmm. So you, you wouldn't be breaking your fast. If someone offered you meat as a guest and you ate that meat, it's more important to be kind and to demonstrate like, you know, chastity of heart is more important than whether you had that cheeseburger or not. And like I said, God is not a legalist. He's not marking down how many cheeseburgers you've had. That's a little bit. He's got more important things to do than worry about that. (sighs) Great. Let's do live chat. Let's do it. All right. Um, we don't have too much more because everyone kind of dropped off at the end of here. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Kurt, uh, <laughs> Truthway asked if we can discuss Flat Earth, and I'm like, eh, no, we're not going to do Flat Earth here. Sorry. It's not flat. Sorry. It's not. I, I've seen some Earth Chan cosplay, and the Earth is definitely not flat. <laughs> You can measure the curvature of the earth with two sticks in the sun. It's not like, this is a simple math, like simple math. Like I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to indulge that. You're Uh, allowed to believe things that go against the scientific norm. 
here we are discussing it, but you're allowed to believe things that go against the scientific norm and you should entertain thoughts, but use your brain. You, you, you can measure the curvature of the earth with two sticks and shadow. Like, come on. Uh, I measured the uh, curvature of that one earth Chan cosplayer as 40, 30, 40. <laughs> I get it. Uh... <laughs> uh, Life to the max wants to go to pop shelf too. Uh, Kurt yeah. Holland says 1911 recoil is far more of a push rather than slap because it's steel and the figure eight cam design. Okay. Nephilim Ninja says, I wonder what the cops said to J. Edgar when he put a Desert Eagle on a CCW. Based. He probably said that's awesome. Uh, Life to the Max says, haha, good thing Jessica didn't know the list ahead of time. Uh, Life to the Max <laughs> also says, jabs make you free, and then it looks like she took off. So thank you, Life to the Max. Uh, Kurt Holland I'll says, I'll see you at Pop Shelf, girl. <laughs> nice. Kurt Holland says, making love to the ship's captain. Oh, yes, books with men with the cover who have lost their shirts. That's right. Yeah. Yar, pirate fantasies. Yeah. Uh, Kurt <laughs> Holland says, here's how you know it's fake. Juicy McDonald's burger. Juicy? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. McDonald's is trash food. If you're going to break your fast, go get a T-bone. Go get a tomahawk. Don't bullshit me with McDonald's made you break your fast. All right. Even on days where I can eat meat, I'm not eating McDonald's because gross. Maybe the fries sometimes. I actually liked it when I was doing keto. I liked it a lot when I was doing keto because it was quick and easy. And if you go no bun, which most of them will come out and say no bun. I mean, it goes that down is, quick. It goes down easy. And Edward, that is dirty keto. Shame on you. Tisk, what, McDonald's tisk. with no bun? It's dirty. It's dirty food. They cut down the rainforest for that burger. I hope you're happy. You killed the macaw for your disgusting ah! McDonald's burger. <laughs> um, Kurt Howland's last comment of the night uh, tells you that your hair looks good. And Highleaf says, the puns man must have McLoving his job when he wrote that article. <laughs> I cut my own hair, you guys. So thank you for telling me that it looks good. I really appreciate that. I have not cut my hair in quite a while. Oh, it's so long. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> if you want a layered cut, just pull it all to the front, put it in a ponytail, and then snip it in one place, and then you'll get nice layers. That's how I did it. You should layer I'm, your hair. I'm, I'm just waiting for it to get 10 inches long so I can make a cancer wig out of it and donate it. Oh, that's nice. So you don't smoke, right? Not anymore. I did the first time okay. I grew it out, but I don't anymore. Okay, because they don't take your hair if you smoke. Oh, so they did this first time. Oh, did they? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, on the website, it says that, that, that if you're a smoker, you can't donate. I don't know how they tell, but I mean, it makes sense. It's going to like cancer people, right? So I don't know. I don't know how it works. All right. Don't let's listen. throw some music up and head on <laughs> out of here for the day. All right, there we go. So thanks, everybody, who came by, checked out the show, chatted with us in the live chat, kept us honest, kept us on point, and asked our great questions for us for the show. I will be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Central Time for more Contemporary, so come back in and check that out. And if you want to go check out my guest co-host the next time she's going to be live, where can they go find you and when? Um, what is today, Monday? Oh, we're going to be on Wednesday at 10 p.m. Um, the Mad, we are the Mad Ones on YouTube, uh, Rockfin or Odyssey. 
and uh, definitely subscribe to us because we're still a small channel and we'd like to hit that 500 mark pretty soon so that we can hit on the same girls that Semper does. I want to hit that 500 mark too. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it is. You know, he, he's got X amount of YouTube subscribers. He does. I and never Freckle let Liberty him put that is down. objectively beautiful. <laughs> she is objectively beautiful. No argument told there. <laughs> All right. So otherwise, come back and check us out there. Or you can, if you're just catching on, you can catch the replay on YouTube and over on bitchute.com. You can go check those out in a number of different places. That is some hot stuff. So go and check that out. And lastly, before we head out of here, as I always say, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusion. Jessica, why don't you lead them out with some last words? Um, my last words are don't drive drunk, but if you do, get home safely. <laughs> Bigger. Yeah.